morning, and welcome to The Elegant Mind, Tibetan Life Science for Modern Living. My name is Mark Winwood, and I am the host of this hour-long program that is broadcast here on Valley 104.9 on weekend mornings, Saturdays and Sundays from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. We have a really interesting program for you today. You're going to meet someone I suspect very unlike anyone that you've ever met before. We're going to have a conversation with a very accomplished and realized Tibetan Lama. And we're going to be talking about a variety of things, but really focusing on mothers and motherhood and the Tibetan traditions and perspectives of mothers in the family and the culture, this being Mother's Day weekend. We thought it would be an appropriate, very thoughtful topic to discuss. But before we get to Rinpoche and I tell you all about him, you may have seen the posters around town or read about a film festival that we at the Chenrizig Project are going to be hosting here in downtown Duval we're holding a Dharma, a Buddhist film festival, at the Visitor Center in Duval on Saturday, June 9th. Free admission for anyone who would like to come and watch either one or all. We're going to be showing four films. We believe that film is an effective medium in which to communicate ideas, engaging ideas, informative ideas, and there is, in the Tibetan practices, there is a very simple universal message of wisdom and compassion that can benefit everyone, regardless of faith or background or belief. And we're going to be providing a very safe atmosphere for people to gather, listen, discuss, and learn a little bit more about these, uh, these ancient ways and ancient teachings. So we're going to be showing four films. I'd like to tell you very quickly about them. The first film will begin at 1 p.m. on Saturday, the 9th of June at the Duval Visitor Center. And it is a biography of the Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama, the very famous, iconic, popular, highly regarded Dalai Lama. The documentary we're showing is an A&E production. Following that, at 2.15 p.m., we'll be showing a film called Unmistaken Child, which is a very, very moving film. It's, a, again, a documentary, and it's all about a Tibetan monk's search for the reincarnation of his very, very beloved master. It's a, it's a really wonderful film, and, and we'll have, I'm sure we'll have an interesting discussion following the film. At 4.30 p.m., we'll be sharing... The Tibetan Book of the Dead, The Great Liberation. This is a film. It's a joint production of the Canadian, French, and Japanese National Film Bureaus. And this really provides a very clear explanation of the dying process, both during and after, that uh, we'll all encounter according to the Tibetan beliefs. Over the years in sharing Buddhist Dharma teachings, I have noticed that one of the things besides meditation that brings people initially is an interest in reincarnation and rebirth. And so this film is really it's quite good and uh, narrated by Leonard Cohen. Many of you know Leonard Leonard's music. Then we'll take a dinner break and after that at 7 p.m. we'll reconvene for our final film 
which is called Saint Misbehaven, and it's a uh, provides a very entertaining and unforgettable trip through the life of Wavy Gravy. Some of you may know Wavy Gravy. He's a poet. He's a clown, an activist. He emceed the Woodstock concert in 1969 in Bethel, New York. And he is in uh, in our our vocabulary. Wavy Gravy is clearly a bodhisattva. So we're going to be showing a film. It's very entertaining. I think you'll really enjoy it about his life. That'll begin at 7 p.m. on Saturday the 9th. And we'll have ample time in between screenings. So just come on down. Expose yourself to these thought-provoking films. Learn about one of humankind's richest spiritual traditions and have fun while doing so. We'll have free popcorn. So bring a friend and come on down to the Tibetan Film Festival in Duval, the Visitor Center, Saturday, June 9th, beginning at 1 p.m. And there is information on the Chenrizig Project website, flyer that you can download and read a little bit. Chenrizig Project, that's www.chenrizig, C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G-P-R-O-J-E-C-T.org, chenrizigproject.org. Okay, so you're about to hear a, an interview, a conversation that I had with a Tibetan Lama named Sonam Rinpoche. Sonam Rinpoche. We met in Woodenville earlier this week, and I recorded our interview. And Rinpoche, he's a very interesting man. I think you'll find his ideas thoughtful and, uh, and possibly illuminating as well. Sonam Rinpoche has the title of Kenpo, K-H-E-N-P-O. Kenpo is a title that was bestowed upon him by his teachers, and it refers to him achieving the rank of, a, of an advanced professor of sorts of Tibetan Buddhism. He was born in Tibet. His, I asked him how old he is. He said, well, 43 or 44. So he's somewhere in his early 40s right now. And he's a person of very, very extensive knowledge. And interestingly, he is also, he's been recognized as a, as a tulku, from which the title of Rinpoche, meaning very precious being, was bestowed. Uh, Tulku is a reincarnated bodhisattva. So Rinpoche's mind has been recognized as being present previous to taking rebirth in his body, was recognized as belonging to a actually a string of very highly realized Tibetan masters, meditation masters, teachers, and so on. So his, uh, his story is interesting, and apparently even at an early age, he showed the signs of what he was going to become, which is a uh, worldwide teacher. Very, very highly respected and very busy. He teaches, he oversees construction of schools in Tibet. He is a, a spokesperson for a worldwide fundraising group, again, to benefit those who live in Tibet. He has written books, and he travels the world, sharing his knowledge, sharing his wisdom, and not just explaining what it is that he knows, but letting people watch him, watch him interact with others, and, and his thoughtful demeanor. So he, as most of the 
Tibetan teachers are. He's he's a role model as well as someone who is just uh, just there to teach and let you know what it is that they've come to what they've come to learn and understand. Uh, his story is that very fertile mind was evident at a at a young age. He was proficient in his studies in Tibet at the age of six. It said he learned Tibetan language from his father. And then at the age of 10, he entered monastery and became a monk. His education is, is progressive as he grew and went through various teachings and understandings and worked with different teachers. He is, as I said, he's in his early 40s now, and he is known internationally. Rinpoche, Sonam Rinpoche, is known internationally for his extraordinary love, his limitless compassion, his clear wisdom, his schedule is exhausting. He works tirelessly and selflessly, tirelessly and selflessly, reaching as many students as he can. He conducts retreat programs, acts on projects that benefit not only his Tibetan homeland, but the world as well. The world is equally important to Rinpoche as his, his homeland of Tibet. As I, as I referred to, he's encouraged and contributed to welfare projects in various countries. He established a school in Tibet, which is being expanded as we speak. The school contains an orphanage, a temple, and provides financial support to the people in the community there, the people who, who need that support. Rinpoche believes that the interest of the human happiness can be generated through these ancient teachings. Human happiness can be generated through these teachings of compassion and wisdom, and he is uh, dedicated to continuing his mission to achieve whatever the conditions and the, and the people around him allow to be achieved. So Rinpoche and I sat down for, for an interview. We talked about motherhood. We talked about wisdom. We talked about a variety of topics. And I'm going to go into that interview now for you. Again, this is Mark Winwood, and you're listening to The Elegant Mind, Tibetan Life Sciences for Modern Living here on Valley 104.9 or if you're listening on the internet, or would like to listen on the internet, we are streamed at www.valley1049.org. And we will get right to our talk with Sonam Rinpoche, Tibetan Lama meditation master and dedicated teacher. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy our talk. Well, I'm sitting here in Woodenville, with Sonam Rinpoche, who is a Nyingma teacher. Rinpoche, meaning very, very uh, precious, precious mind. Rinpoche is a recognized tulku, that is a reincarnation of a past Lama. And Rinpoche is here in Washington State for a few weeks sharing Dharma, doing teachings, and holding practices. And he's agreed to talk to us here on The Elegant Mind. We're going to talk about mothers and the Tibetan perspectives on mothers and motherhood. Welcome. Good morning, Rinpoche. It's a pleasure to have you here. Good morning, Mark. Uh, thank you very much for giving me this chance to speak uh, 
little bit about you know uh, my opinions in that elegant mind thank you very much you're very you're very welcome when i when i mentioned doing this program I asked Rinpoche just a couple of days ago if he'd be willing to sit for this interview, and he was immediately willing to do it and said, but is my English okay? Is my English good enough to do a radio show? And I said, yes, absolutely it is. So he's sitting here now smiling at me. And so away we go. This is a wonderful opportunity. It's a rare opportunity to, to hear someone of uh, Rinpoche's authenticity and honesty and and wisdom to speak to us. So we're we're quite fortunate. So Rinpoche, one of the uh, one of the things about the Tibetan practices, the Tibetan culture, that really struck me when I was first introduced to it is the is the the view of of mothers and motherhood in the Tibetan culture. And I say that partly because I had a somewhat difficult time with my mother. We were hot and cold through the years, and my mother is no longer with us. She passed away almost 15 years ago. So I'd like to just ask you, I've heard that, that the Tibetan sources often mention the infinite debt that we owe to our mothers, this infinite debt. And I wonder if you could speak about the role of mother and how an appreciation for debt might be incurred. If you would be willing, please. Mm, yes, in um, Tibetan people think that, uh, you know, uh, infinite debt about mother is like, uh, you know, the murder is very important for them because in a, in a home, mother is like a captain you know, guidance all the child to do this, don't do that, always teach them. And they are very listen. You know, they, most kids, they don't, you know, say something, you know, like, uh, even though mother saying something wrong things, but they, uh, they just listen and say, yes, do that. And then we talk about people's life. Previous lives. Uh, people's lives. Yeah. Then, of course, it's like, you know, Mother is very important, even their practice, because that mother, your own mother in this life, how kind to you, you know, when we are born, maybe like a, the moment until grow up, you try best way to take care of us, no matter how we react. Uh, small child, maybe one year, two, three years, they don't know anything, you know, so they just like, you know, crying, they shout, you know, they fight, this kind of the things, they do that, but mothers never ever give up. Mm. And never ever, they just like a beating or, you know, like a, something, these kind of things do to the, their own kids. They try best way to take care and give best food and give best clothes. Everything, you know, they, first they think about their child. So we really bottom our heart to understand about this. And then the mother, your own mother in this life, also people's life, the mother, same thing also do, did to us. Take care best way. So we practice on compassion and loving kindness. We use, first we use it, our own mother in this lifetime. We remember, we know how 
dear to us, how take care to us. Uh, maybe we, when we are two, three years old, we can remember, but seven, maybe years old after that, we can remember that. You know, sometimes we are really regret. You know, my, my mother's still alive and I, I really take care of her. But my father already passed away, so mm. sometimes it's a regret. Maybe like, you know, it's not enough time with mother. Maybe not enough take care of that. We always think permanent. We never think about impermanent. But one day impermanent comes, then we regret. That time it's too late. It is too late. Yeah, it is too yes. late. And after that, just crying or just feel sad. Yes. It's useless. So I think, yeah, it's Mother Day, uh, start to, you know, do something to take care of them and, uh, you know, like uh, help them what they need. Uh, maybe more spend time with them. Mm -hmm. I think in U.S., they don't need a lot, uh, you know, money or food or clothes or whatever, but I think they need just loving kindness and take care. That That is what they need. Uh, and then Buddhism point of view, then all sentient beings, even though you have been my mother, uh, so we, how dear to us that this lifetime the mother, and that we share all sentient beings, that equal to all sentient beings. Sentient beings, beings with, with mind. Yeah. Beings with, are sentient. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Who has the feeling? Yeah. Yeah, who has the feeling? All sentient beings. It's not only human being, right? It's like a fish, dog, you yeah. know, cats, all these are sentient beings. So they have been our mother yeah. and a father. So we just need to do like compassion towards to them and loving kindness towards to them because we own them. We own them that, yeah, we just uh, a lot debts. We have to pay back. That to is our responsibility to For what they gave us. Yeah. That's sure. If yeah. I guess it's it's certainly fair to say that if it wasn't for my mother in this life, if it wasn't for my mother in this life, I would not be here. That's right. The most precious gift that I was ever given was this life. That's and this right. was given to me by my mother, who not only bore me, but in the first year or two years of my life, um, supported me and woke up at night when I cried and fed me and cared for me and would have given her life for me without even thinking twice. That's and right. how do we ever repay that debt? How do we ever repay that debt? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we seeing like this precious human life, precious human life is like priceless. You know, this without mother, we don't have this. We don't have this. Yeah, body and a precious human life. Yeah. I've heard the Dalai Lama speak about mothers, and one of the things that he says is that when we are born, the most precious states of mind, which are love and compassion, loving kindness, we first experience those from our mothers. That the seeds for compassion that will blossom throughout our life are planted by our mothers this incredible gift besides the life that mother gave us it is the love and compassion and kindness and caring and generosity that our mothers introduce us to 
at such an early age. Winder, do do you agree with that? I really, really agree with that. You know, it's like actually uh, one year to seven years old child, the best teacher is a mother. Then seven years after, go to school. Then they maybe teacher more relying on teacher. Maybe teacher teaches more, but before that. Parents teach more, special mother teaches more. So I think kids, they have a loving kindness and a compassion since their child. Most comes from parents and yeah. mother, most comes from mother. So mother is a very important. Of course, they take care of us, try best way to take care of us. But also they need, you know, loving kindness and a compassion uh, towards to kids. Then kids, you know, naturally have compassion and loving kindness and then i think if all kids have a loving kindness and a compassion uh, very good and then i think this society is going to be wonderful mm. uh, positive energy brings more positive uh, then this uh, you know uh, society is going to be wonderful mm. something we can learn from uh, school and uh, university like uh, here UW very famous we can learn engineering we can learn you know PhD about maybe like you know uh, a lot business uh, you know engineering like uh, IT this kind of the things but you cannot learn compassion and loving kindness from yeah uh, school so interesting so so true so the with all the education that we have access to and all the different things there are to learn what i hear you saying is that the foundation to be able to to be happy and to be beneficial to society and to be able to 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 use our education is founded <clears throat> at a very early age with the love and the compassion the generosity, the kindness that mother plants in our mind. And it's with that is the foundation that we're able to benefit with all our education that follows. That's right. How nice. How yeah. true. How true. Yeah. That's a human value. Uh, you know, like uh, sometimes we separate uh, knowledge and wisdom. And also can separate knowledge and human value. So... Human value, I think, learn from mother, and also it believes like a, a pure life. Then maybe pure life, we you know some habitual tendencies in our alaya, and then we have naturally some of our kids maybe they are very honest and they are really respectful and a good listener, and they are really you know like a human value very good. Some of them they wanted. They like to, you know, like uh, uh, playful, wanted to, you know, uh, like uh, breaking things, even though breaking windows. We do a lot in Tibet, you know, kids. Ah, yeah. mischievous. Yeah, we have a lot of stones, right? Uh, take out the stones and see the balls. I just shoot that on windows, glass windows. Yeah, so those are the habitual tendencies. All kids maybe like to steal, like to drink. It's a habitual tendencies. And also, so I think uh, 15% is a pure slide, depending on pure slide. On 15% also, 
mother and mother you know show them that how important is that human value and they naturally learn yeah sometimes we think it, kids not observing on us but they they just quiet and watch us you know watch the mother and mother what they do they copy it's like a monkey right it's like a monkey what they do watch and then they follow mm. follow up the human value a lot of human values and compassion loving kindness uh, generosity uh, passion special i think it's a passion uh, you know don't shout in front of kids have to be patient have to be kind to other people then kids naturally then pick up and it's special to your parents that is example the kids grandmother yeah. the mother uh, you know take care very good on mother then kids can learn or oh, mother we have to you know take care very good then they are really naturally they, this we call the cause and condition cause and condition yeah cause and condition yeah. it's like karma that's really that's really interesting so you're speaking about the the role that mother plays not just in childbirth and not just in the first year or two but you're talking about how mother sets an example a role model and sets an example for that's her right. children to to watch and learn from and and imitate that's right very important that is in front of uh, even like parents sometimes maybe scold or quarreling but don't in front of child not in front of uh, child yeah it's like close door and then settle down the things and then came out something yeah. like that yeah you know? otherwise kids copy uh, kids copy their, yeah. mo their mothers yeah thing. yeah so mother is a very important what you said just said example yeah. good example yeah do you think there's a difference in terms of a son or a daughter in terms of of seeing mother as an example is there a difference or is it just the children and and there's no difference son or daughter i think a little bit but i think usually same same maybe mother like daughter maybe learn from mother maybe son a little bit to like to follow my father but I, I think it's a similar mm -hmm. because a lot you know the uh, very successful the the businessmen or you know the charity foundations or doing a lot of good things those uh, men also they taught me like you know they learn from mother mm -hmm. and mother always says like they, you don't do something you know harms other people yeah. that's why they follow mother gardens so their business is so successful some of them they just because of wanted to make money faster make money so they do a lot of things and you know harms other people that against the law and then the company just vanished it vanished yeah, yeah. what about grandmother what is the is there a, a specific role that grandmother plays in the tibetan family or is is it just like another mother yeah uh grandmother is that you know biggest captain biggest captain yeah biggest captain because the the children's respect very much mother and mother of course respect very much mother 
So if since you know you have a grandmother, the grandmother is the one, you know, captain, or he is the one, you know. Uh, everybody should listen. Uh, everybody, yeah, the what you know, wait for what she says. You know, uh, this I wanted to do, I can do it or not. What she says, they are waiting for. Yeah, your permission. But then grandmother also is is elderly. Yeah, and needs more care. Yeah, than mother does yeah. usually physical care. Yeah, and and so I assume that in the Tibetan culture that is very forthcoming to grandmother to to care for grandmother and That's make right. sure she's comfortable and has everything she needs. That's right. Usually, like, a little bit different from here. Uh, Tibetans like grandmother, mother, kids, they stay together. Uh, so very easy to take care what she needs, you know. Even though we don't have a very, uh, very how to say, comfortable or very good hospitals when she gets sick, but we have a lot of people, you know, whole family to serve the grand grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that is all like uh, very warm, and they also believe that if your grandmother life, then the the house got a warm. It's like here, your house got a heater. If grandmother pass away, then your house is no more heater in the winter here in Seattle, mm. something like that. So if your grandmother stay alive. A lot of kids, they really, you know, whenever they have a weekend or whenever they have a time, wanted to go back home and see more and talk to more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Just together have a tea, together have a, you know, dinner or lunch. That makes really a lot. Okay, so we're talking to Sonam Rinpoche mm. here on The Elegant Mind. We're going to take a little break. Mm. for a promo, a little announcement, and we will be back in just a moment with Sonam Rinpoche here in Woodenville, Washington, and we're speaking about mothers and motherhood in the Tibetan tradition. We'll be right back. Experiencing trauma can lead to all sorts of negative consequences, but did you realize that it might also lead to work addiction? Research is sparse, but anecdotal evidence is there and some therapists see a connection. Could a workaholic, someone who overworks to the detriment of all other areas of life, really be self-medicating to deal with the bad stuff he or she has lived with before? Tanya Paperni is a writer, artist, and editor living in Washington, D.C., and she explores that connection in an article that appeared in The Atlantic. She's at work on a collection about violence, trauma, and resilience as well. Join us as we talk about what she discovered in writing her article, Do Some Trauma Survivors Cope by Overworking? That topic and more makes up Three Women, Three Ways, the weekly talk show right here on Valley 104.9 FM. Tune in Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. and join me, Heather Stark, for the conversations, the research, the authors, and the experts as we talk about the issues that shape our experiences. Three Women, Three Ways, for the information you need to hear and want to listen to. Okay, so I'm here with Sonam Rinpoche. We are back. We're sitting in a, in a lovely house in Woodenville looking out at the trees, big window alongside. And it's such a uh, such an honor to be able to bring Rinpoche to you and all the, the beauty, the teachings, the perspectives, the understandings, the love, the kindness, the generosity, and the compassion 
that these teachings allow to blossom in the mind. It's wonderful to have Rinpoche here. And we have been talking about mothers and the motherhood and the Tibetan traditions. It's a special interview that we're broadcasting here on Mother's Day weekend here on The Elegant Mind in Valley 104.9 Community Radio. So Rinpoche mentioned that, that his, his mother is, is still alive and she's back in Tibet. And I asked him to think about, I'd like to hear his, his ideas on if he was with his mother on Mother's Day, understanding, of course, that the Tibetans don't have one day in which they honor their mothers and make it a point to tell their mothers how much they love them one day out of the year. But this is part of their culture. This is part of their everyday experience is the love and appreciation for their mothers. But that said, he's in America now. So if he was here with his mother on Mother's Day, I asked him, what would he do? What might he say to mother to, uh, to join in the American tradition of honoring and loving mothers on Mother's Day? So Rinpoche, I'd love to hear your ideas. Yeah. Uh, if uh, my mother is here, uh, then Mother's Day, I would like to, you know, uh, TV her and stay and talk about what he's, she's doing, uh, talk about uh, what about uh, her, you know, health, and uh, <clears throat> need any medicine, and this and that. Mm -hmm. uh, very normal. But of course, in a heart, cares and loves, but usually we don't say, I love you, or something like that. Yeah. That's a Tibetan tradition. Yeah, that's so. This so the Tibetan yeah. traditions don't say "I love you." They just do "I love you." <laughs> yes, that's yeah. So no need, no need to buy chocolates or flowers or anything like that. It's just we. You just keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah, right. It's a maintaining like every day or every week or every month. Uh, that that means I love you, but we don't say it's like you know, little yeah. bit shy. Yeah, say that. I mean, the culture is like that. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, the culture is like that. Well, you know, we have a saying here in America: there are people who talk the talk, and there are people who walk the mm. walk. And <laughs> what I hear you saying is not so much talk the talk, but yeah. walk the walk when it comes to honoring. Yeah, honoring That's right. mother. That's right. Yeah. 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 So. So interesting. So we've been talking about a couple of, of different things, Tibetan tradition and so on. And you mentioned before, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned the, the good heart, was it? Or the... Yeah, good heart. Having the good heart. Uh. I wonder if you, would, if you would speak a little bit about the good heart. And you also mentioned Buddha nature. Oh, yeah. So uh -huh. would you like to... Just talk a little bit about the the Tibetan perspectives of what we call Buddha nature and good heart. Okay. Um, my uh, point of view, good heart and Buddha nature, they are the same family, right? Same thing. And uh, also, <clears throat> like a loving kindness, compassion, 
good heart is love and condemnation and compassion. And then we have that seed. Every all sentient beings that have, you know, we have a seed of uh, compassion. And uh, you, we call bodhicitta, right? Bodhicitta. Bodhicitta. Uh, bodhicitta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great compassion. Yeah. And a great, great compassion also is like links to the Buddha nature mind. Buddha nature mind. And that also links to the like, sorrowless bliss. Also links to the, you know, uh, what we call like awakening. Awakening. Yeah, awakening. Yeah. Awakening from what? What does one... Ignorance. Oh, from ignorance. Yeah. We are... Uh, I don't know. You are a really great guy. So I don't know. You are already awakening or maybe halfway. But for me, uh, all sentient beings sleeping in, you know, no matter daytime or nighttime, we are same equal sleeping in ignorance. In ignorance. Uh, ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance so, of what? Ignorance of, you know, what is uh, we have to do and what is we don't have, don't have to do or cannot do, something like that. We don't, don't know what things have to take it, what things have to, you know, push back, don't take it. Like hatred, mm. angry, jealous, mm. uh, stress, mm. these kind of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Angry, you really understand about or awaking. There's no point to angry. That's why the one of the Tibetan masters in Dupakle, he loves angry, hatred. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said he loves a hatred. And yeah. uh, he, uh, somewhere, that those people, they got it already because they are really angry, <laughs> always get angry. Yeah. Then he joke. He said, I lost uh, angry, hatred, but those guys found it. He lost his angry. <laughs> So is the the way to to lose anger is to eliminate ignorance? Yeah, because of ignorance. That's yeah. why you get angry. Yeah. It's easy to understand like sometimes miscommunication, misunderstanding. So get angry so much and then just two two people, right? Coddle and even though fighting, maybe even killing after that killing. But if not it kill then sit down and talk, just talk. Yeah. Just talk then. Or oh, that is a misunderstanding. Misunderstood. Yeah. That's why. Because of ignorance. Why misunderstood? Because of ignorance. Ignorance. Yeah. Everything because of misunderstood. Mm -hmm. But something we sit down and discuss, then understand. Something maybe still cannot understand, you know. But maybe it's like last year and this year joined together maybe understand maybe yeah, yeah. really cannot understand then maybe pure love and this like joined together then understand that i've heard it said that anger is nothing more than the reaction that we have to not getting our own way and it, our own way is so important because of the ignorance that we have about ourself yeah. and how important we yeah. think ourself That's is. Right. And when we don't get what our self wants, our yeah. self gets selfish. angry. Yeah. Selfish gets yeah. angry. You agree with that? I'm really pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> agree on that. Yeah. Uh, be saying ego, right? 
ego is like I and my. Yeah. This is the I is the tabernacle. Why I is the tabernacle? Because always we think I. Then I brings my. Yeah. Yeah. That is my. You cannot take it. Yeah. You cannot treat me like that. You know it hurts me. Yeah. These kind of the things. Me always, me, me me me. Yeah me, yeah. Me. Actually, it's a deluded mind. Yeah. I doesn't exist. But yeah. this is maybe like a little bit deeper philosophy. The ignorance, yeah, delusion yeah. of I. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we, this, I mean, this leads to a very important question, I think, that mm. many people who, who practice Dharma, who study Dharma here in the West struggle with. And that is, how do we communicate or can we communicate? Is it through our words or through our actions? How do we communicate to people around us? Who are who are stuck in that ignorance of I and me and mine? How do we begin to communicate that there's a different way of seeing things? That there's a mm. different understanding that yeah. they might be able to uh, to grasp mm. that will help lessen and perhaps even eliminate the anger and the greed and the jealousy <laughs> and the insecurity that they have due to this sense of me. Yeah. How can we begin to do that in a, in a gentle way here uh -huh. in the West? This is yeah. a big, this is a big question. Yeah. 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 That's right. And uh, <clears throat> I think there's a two way to do that. First is like teaching, right? Teaching, and researching, and then meditate. Meditation. Meditation. Mm -hmm. So teaching, first time, if don't teach, we, without study, meditation, it doesn't work. Uh, don't know how to meditate. You know, usually we meditate breathing in and out. It helps temporarily, but it doesn't help to, you know, cut down this root of uh, ignorance. You wanted to cut down the root of ignorance or get it out from totally ignorance, then must understood first. Then researching, isn't that correct or not? You think that is a correct? Then go on and meditate. Ah, yes. Yeah. So learn, yeah. understand, and then meditate. Meditate. Deeply think and yeah. concentrate and focus on what you have come to understand yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Meditation is very important. Without meditation, we understand, but stop there. Let's say awaking, we probably understand, but that is a guessing. We guess, oh, that is that awaking, but we cannot really experience. So meditate, how to experience Without the meditation, you cannot experience. So meditate, go deeper and deeper, higher and higher. Mm -hmm. Then one day, you also don't know, but you know, totally there's no point to get angry. There's no point. Yeah, no angry. point to get angry. Yeah. No matter how, what kind of the people you meet and see, there's no hatred. Right. Yeah, no jealousy, you know. There are people, everything they are, you know, you're, you're, they are doing how good or how is, you know, deep, it doesn't matter to you. 
Yeah. And there's no jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. So these kind of the things is called that. You can call then Buddha or God or whatever you can give that name. Yeah. That totally free out from, you yeah. know, any deluded mind. It's the happiest person in the world. But there are people who say, and perhaps because they don't understand, there are people who say that anger is good. They say that anger motivates me. Anger makes me do things. Yeah. Anger, anger pushes me into action. That's and right. anger is a good thing to have. It's good to be upset and angry because then I'm not so lazy about not doing things. And yeah. what, what do you think about that? Okay. Uh, it's uh, also two points. First is what? A religion point of view. Then anger is no good. Because why you have a hatred, hard hatred? Because anger made. Why family is not harmony? Because of anger made. Why company, the color is not harmony? Because of anger. Anger is the one biggest destroyer. It's not nuclear weapon or not something like that. Mm -hmm. The biggest heart, the sentient beings or human beings heart destroyer is the anger. Yeah. The poison of mind. Yeah, poison of mind. This of mind. is the most dangerous things. Yeah. And a disease can spread whole world. One leader hatred full of hatred, then he spreads the hatred everywhere. Yeah. Then mm. very dangerous. The weapons is not dangerous. The human beings are dangerous because they using the weapon. It's not weapon using that. Yeah. And uh, then Buddhism point of view, like, you know, this life is a temporary, it's like, uh, you know, re resting place. Resting place, you, you, you drive here to California, then your resting place, you maybe stop there, very tired, you stop there, uh, get a, you know, coffee, cup of coffee and drink, maybe rest for 30 minutes or one hour. The longer it's a one hour, you stay that place. It doesn't matter it's comfortable or not. It doesn't matter you are angry and drink coffee faster or not. Just enjoy to drink it because that doesn't take too long. Our life is also like that. Maybe we have, uh, we can stay in this life maybe 70 years, 18 years, 90 years, 100 years is the longest one. A lot of people are saying, I just, I don't need 100 years, you know, old. It's like healthily, maybe 90 years, that's satisfied with me. And then we, if you believe in a like previous life and a future life, then compare with this one. This is like, you know, like 0.001%. Right. So why every day get angry and so stressful and unhappy? Yeah. That's quite a perspective. Yeah. This life you have... One million dollars also today day goes. Ten million dollars you earn also today is a today is a times as equal three meals a day or maybe two meals a day. That's all. You take more, then your life shorter. You five meals a day, you take it, then you get more suffer. One bed, you sleep on one bed, stay in one house. Mm -hmm. That's all. So when I hear you, you haven't said the word, but what I hear you moving toward 
is living your life with patience. Yeah. You're describing patience yeah. in terms of what you do and what you seek and what you need. Yeah. You're talking about patience. Yeah, that's the one, two, two things also, okay. If you really not aware, then be patient. If you really aware, awakening, then don't have to be patient because you, if you get out from the history, then why you have to be patient? Uh, uh -huh. Totally free. Uh -huh. But you are not yet getting out from the heat treat. Uh -huh. Get angry, then be patient. Uh -huh. So patience is a tool. Yeah. It's a, it's a tool to patience be used. Patience is a one. Like if you have a, still you have a deluded mind, then be patient. If you get it out from that deluded mind, no need patience. Yeah. No need to, no need for patience. Yeah, I hope to be able to achieve that one day. Yeah, it's um, like a, I have attached to drink beer or drugs. You know, I have to be patient. I cannot take drugs. That's a strong wall. Yeah, cannot take the drugs. But I don't have any attachment. But just like we are, we don't drug. We don't have to be patient. We see that drugs just we we are not interested anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we are really awakening from those. You're describing the awakening process. And so we're going to have to bring this to a close. And there is one more uh, question that I'd like to ask you. And mm -hmm. that is, you are in your early 40s now. Mm -hmm. And so reasonably speaking, you probably have another you know, 35 years, 40 years, perhaps longer, in which to to live your life. And mm -hmm. you're a monastic, you've mm -hmm. taken vows, this is your life, and, and you have uh, uh, goals that you're mm -hmm. trying to achieve. So I wonder, just looking ahead, what would you like to achieve? How would you like to live the rest of your life? What is, uh, what is, what is your message that you'd like to share with people? as as you uh as as your years go by yeah i would like to share that <clears throat> loving kindness and compassion uh towards to all people yeah simple uh, as that loving yeah. kindness and compassion yeah that's right to all people and, uh, yeah then you know that's the why then just now i saying like you know practice on loving kindness compassion yeah. until you know, like getting out from hatred, jealousy, yeah, or proud or ego, yeah. everything. Yeah. And at one time, I just like you know, naturally get out from everything. Yeah. So you don't, you don't struggle with the the hatred or the jealousy. I think what I'm hearing you say is you'd like to practice loving kindness and compassion in order to, to, as an example for others, as a, mm. for others to see what they're capable of doing and being, the beauty of that, to live your life as, as an example for people to reflect and, and, uh, and then do the same, share with others what they've come to see in you. Is that correct? Oh, uh, yeah, but I'm not that perfect yet. No, <laughs> no. I'm still on the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Struggling, yeah. sometimes struggling. Uh, so I have to sometimes use the passion. 
little patience. <laughs> <Yeah, on laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, thank you. Well, you've been incredibly patient on, in sitting here and, and talking you. to me and answering my questions. I so appreciate it. And, thank and, you very much for uh, giving this chance. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. So, uh, Rinpoche, this is Sonam Rinpoche. Uh, you're on Valley 104.9, The Elegant Mind. And uh, he and I are going to go out and have some lunch now and uh, continue our talk without, without, the, uh, without the microphone in between us. So, thank you so much for listening. And once again, this is Mark Winwood on The Elegant Mind. Thank you so much. Okay, well, there you go. Sonam Rinpoche speaking about different topics, including mothers and motherhood in the Tibetan tradition. There's a couple of things that he said that really resonated with me. The, the first is, is how the, uh, the mother is the, is the captain, the captain of the family. And if there's a grandmother, she's the chief captain of the family. And it's something that I have observed in my travels to, to Asia as well that women are very very strong they they manage lots and the partnership between husband and wife father and mother in terms of the family is one that is really quite equal i also enjoyed hearing rinpoche talk about what he would be doing on mother's day if his mother was here his mother is is now in tibet still in tibet and he said, in effect, Mother's Day is, is, uh, is nothing. Every day is Mother's Day. He said, uh, we, we, we don't tell our mothers that we love them. There's no need for us to tell our mothers that we love them. We don't need to buy them chocolate or give them flowers or take them out to dinner on Mother's Day. And in fact, he said it would even be embarrassing to do that because... Every day, every day is, is Mother's Day. Every evening is Mother's Evening. The mother is, is, is so respected and so loved and, and so appreciated that the idea, I'm putting words in his mouth perhaps, but the idea that, well, okay, there's this one day and here's the day we're going to recognize mom and the rest of the time is we're not going to be quite as mindful uh, about mother. We're not going to be quite as aware of all that mother has given us. We're, we're, uh, but we have this one day, so we're going to do everything we can. Visit mom, buy her something, be kind, give her a corsage to wear. He found that needless in the Tibetan culture, and I really appreciated that, that perspective. So this is Mark Winwood. The Elegant Mind, bringing this program to a close. Before we do, I'd just like to speak a little bit, tell you about the Chenrizik Project. This is the, this is our, or, not even our organization, this is our presence here. The Chenrizik Project is a 10-year, actually it's more than that now, it's probably up to 12 years, Buddhist, Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group. And we, uh, we meet here in Duval on summer schedule, the first and third Thursday of each month at Longevity Foods on Main Street across from Subway. Those Thursday meetings are from 6 to 8 p.m. We also publish a weekly e-letter or e-magazine. We've shared content 
supporting practical everyday aspects of the ideas and and uh, practices shared by the lineage masters the tibetan mind sciences we've got in the newsletter original writings and quotes news and features of interest the current calendar of our events i mentioned the film festival on june 9th at the visitor center in duval earlier we also publish periodically writings that we call dharma breadcrumbs short dharma-inclined thoughts and perspectives written in a pretty free-form fashion keying off everyday issues and events in the news we email them when they're written and just as everything we do uh, free free to receive free to receive we gather online on wednesdays at 4 p.m pacific for what we call our dharma bridge we share in real time interactive dharma teachings I distribute study materials. We discuss these ideas in a freeform, open to all format. We use the GoToMeeting platform online. Anyone with a, a smartphone or a computer with a good internet connection can participate. And we have this, this program, The Elegant Mind, now started about a month ago here on Valley 104.9 streamed on the internet at www.valley1049.org Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. If you'd like to be in touch with us, with me, if you'd like to be interviewed on this program, on this radio program, if you're doing something in the area or outside of the area that would be of interest to folks in the area, I'd love to talk to you. Please shoot me an email at theelegantmind at valley1049.org. And I'd love to chat with you. And, and if there's some content, some, something that you're working on or have worked on or would like to discuss and share with the community at large, that's what this program, The Elegant Mind, and, and I believe the folks who run this radio station would say the same thing, that that's what this radio station is all about, community radio here in the Snoqualmie Valley. So thank you for listening once again, Mark Winwood, and we'll send you off with the music of Bobby Vega, Bay Area musician. This song is titled Fabiana. It's our theme song. So thank you again, and have a great week. We'll see you next weekend. And happy Mother's Day to all. Okay, everybody.